Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time for Fan Mail Fridays. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger, and I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. We'll be answering your questions and dropping some knowledge and feedback to help you kick the weekend off right. If you're new to the Art of Charm podcast, this isn't the best place to start. Most of our content is more in-depth and longer format, so check out the best of episodes at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. There we've got the fundamentals of body language, nonverbal communication, attraction, negotiation, networking, and everything else we teach here at The Art of Charm. We'll send all this to your inbox if you text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the USA. Or if you're not, go to theartofcharm.com. All right, let's cut to it. Dear Art of Charm, I'm a new listener to your podcast, having just discovered it a few weeks ago while looking for some inspiration to get over a bit of a low point in my life. For the last three years, I've been living abroad in Asia. I'm generally a very sociable and bubbly person, and when I moved here, I made a lot of friends and was very active in the expat community. However, many of them have since moved on while I've stayed behind, and I've struggled to meet new people. There aren't many opportunities to meet new people, and I've also been single for the whole time I've been here. I was listening to one of your podcasts about loneliness, and I realized I'm probably starting to feel a bit lonely. I don't really want to move back home, but it's looking like the only option is I'm getting miserable here. I'm just worried that when I go home, I'll be just as lonely and suffer from reverse culture shock. If I end up regretting my decision to leave Asia and want to return, I'll have wasted a huge amount of time and money, and my CV will be a disaster as I've changed jobs so many times in the last few years. I'm almost 30, and part of me also wonders if I should settle down, get a real job, and try to meet someone and stop gallivanting around the world. I'm also starting to wonder if I just have an issue with people skills, as I've recently fallen out with a few friends and have just quit a new job because I didn't get along with my colleagues. If that's the case, then I'm worried that wherever I go, this problem will just follow me. What should I do? Thanks for all your great advice. Signed, Lonely Alien in Asia. Hey, Lonely Alien, this is actually pretty normal. I mean, I've lived abroad a bunch, and I can say... Pretty much without exception, there's opportunities where you meet people, there's opportunities that you leave behind until you start really seizing on everything, and homesickness is real. It's not just something that kids get at camp. A lot of times you feel like you miss creature comforts from home, you miss food, you miss people, and it can really increase with loneliness, and I think it's probably some sort of What's that What's that term? Vicious cycle, right? Where you get lonely and then you stay in more or you feel like you can't reach out to anybody and therefore you don't. And you end up with this weird sort of culture shock thing really compounding and you start to be unhappy with your, with your surroundings, which makes you more – you start to be unhappy – 
you start to become unhappy with your surroundings, which then increases culture shock, and it just ends up being a total disaster. It can be a downward spiral if you don't snap out of it. And look, living abroad is hard. It's hard socially, it's hard otherwise, but there's definitely something going on that is you here. And I'm not assigning blame here. I want to really just highlight that this happens to everybody who lives in another society where they've been uprooted. The question is, what are you going to do to address the issue? It looks like you've fallen out with a few friends and you had to quit a new job. You didn't get along with your colleagues. I mean, what social activities do you have outside of work. You need social circles outside of work. And maybe you do have an issue with people skills. It's impossible for me to tell via this email. It's really hard to say. I know you're also hitting the the wall with 30 thinking, oh my gosh, I'm a single female and I need to settle down. I need to, I need to get back to real life and I'm not in real life. So you're kind of going through this little crisis of existence where you're not sure if you even live on the right continent for your future. And uh, that's looking a little uncertain. The question that I would ask you is, do you think that that would be solved by moving home? Because I'll tell you right now, there's plenty of people in the U.S. and in Canada and the U.K. or wherever you're from that have this exact same problem in their home country. So I'm not saying don't leave Asia, but I would say don't think that just leaving is going to fix it. There's something else going on that you need to work on, whether it's your people skills, whether it's your habits in terms of going out and meeting people and being social that you need to fix. And you'll need to fix those whether or not you're in Asia or whether you're in Atlanta. It doesn't matter where you are or what you do. These issues are going to follow you. These issues are going to follow you home. What's that? Is that a Mark Twain thing, Jason, where he's like, wherever you go, there you are? Exactly. Yeah. So these are going to follow you. So you need to address these. Whether you do it in Asia or you do it at home, maybe it's easier one place than another. Hard for me to say. But I will say that some of my best memories and experiences and friendships were formed abroad. And you can work on this stuff. Now, Asia is a tricky place, especially for 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 white chicks, you know, and, and for uh, people who aren't Asian, I should say, in general. But uh, you're definitely in a place that, that is, is very foreign. So you can work on these skills while you're over there. I would say don't think about running away from it as the solution. Sophia writes in, I need some work on how to accept praise and accolades. Already it sounds conceited, but I have a hard time accepting it and feel awkward when I do. Any tips, Jordan? Hey, Sophia. Now, this is tough because I tend to go from real modesty to false modesty to embarrassment. So I I get it. I understand where you're at with this. It's a lot easier for me, especially, to accept praise on behalf of others. It comes out classier, frankly, when you do that as well. And it tends to be very true. Usually we're not going it alone. And if you're not working on a team, you can sort of deflect to the circumstances. So if someone's you know, say you're a solo practitioner of something, but uh, you've got your boss above you. Hey, Sophia, your work on this project was so great, blah, blah, blah. You can say, thanks. Thanks, boss. You know, every, the timing was great. The support network that I got here from the office is great. And I'm, I'm finally starting to get a handle on these tools. So I appreciate that you noticed. Right. So you're sort of deflecting to the circumstances and then you kind of bring it back to thanking them for their feedback and, and almost giving them a compliment for, for noticing how great you are. It's a, a little modesty trick there because it's genuine and it deflects that sort of uncomfortable phase where you're sitting there basking in sunshine and maybe you don't want to be. Now, be careful though. Don't, don't not accept the praise and don't honestly think that it has nothing to do with you. I mean, there's a fine line here between deflecting in a classy way, being modest about something and completely ignoring your role in 
in success, and that can be dangerous. A lot of people do that. They'll, they'll minimize themselves. So use this with caution, but I, I think what we're talking about here is it's just kind of tough to sit up there and, and uncomfortable for somebody to sit there and applaud you, uh, even when you deserve it, and I understand that fully. I just listened to Fan Mail Friday number 67 featuring the couple with the mismatched libidos. I love your program, but as a wife, mother, and psychology honors student, I didn't resonate with the advice given in this instance. The birth of a couple's first child is a major game changer in any marriage, replete with many psychological challenges. May I suggest that the husband is likely adjusting to his wife being a mother now and the new responsibilities of fatherhood. Maybe he's afraid of her getting pregnant again. I feel it would be premature to take the clinical approach by confronting, doing adrenal tests, and thrashing it out in therapy at this stage. I would shift from the problem-focused approach to a relational approach. Consider inviting rather than demanding. Perhaps hire a babysitter twice a month, go on a date night or weekend away to reconnect as a couple rather than as parents. A more playful and flirty approach may help the husband feel less pressured. Maybe suggest massage and touch without being too goal-oriented. Marriage has many seasons and libidos ebb and flow. But if she reaffirms her commitment to the relationship and is patient, this problem is very likely to disappear in time. If not, medical and therapy options might then be explored. I would be interested to hear your thoughts in this regard. Signed, Playful. Hey, Playful. I see what you're saying, but I actually disagree here. If we see a problem, I think the best solution should be to try different approaches to it and not assume that it's one thing and not the other, especially given the ease with which we can do adrenal spit tests, which costs less than 100 bucks in most cases. And I think what could be a simple chemistry change is better nipped in the bud. Sure, we can hire a babysitter, we can go on date nights, but something tells me that they've tried this before or we wouldn't be hearing about it in an email on a fan mail Friday. In fact, if we fix the adrenals first and talk to a professional, then we're off to the races and we're making strides in other areas of our life as well. If, however, we simply try to handle it ourselves without help and while ignoring all the other possible causes, this may simply lead to more frustration and more stress as our go-to solutions end up being ineffective. So in the end, I agree we should try a few things first. I assume, though, that they've tried some of the usual above and are a bit lost. And last but not least, if they find out adrenals are working in overdrive, then they can correct this. And even if that weren't the cause, the placebo effect here may be enough to kick the old jukebox, if you know what I mean. I've heard about this problem so much from other friends of similar ages, so I think there are multiple factors at play here. And besides, therapy and a good hormone checkup are good for pretty much everyone. So if you can spare the time and the funds, I'd suggest it for literally almost everyone. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. 
And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates, all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, back to Fan Mail Friday. Dear AOC team, first, I'd just like to say how much I like the podcast and how interesting and useful the information is. I'm a 23-year-old guy that has a career-type job, and I work a lot of hours. I'm having a hard time finding a girl that has the same career goals as myself. I like to go out and have drinks with friends, and I don't have a problem talking to or meeting new girls or new people. The problem I do have is that I can never find a girl that is cool or interesting on Sunday morning, if you know what I mean. A lot of the girls that I find at the bars are girls that are still in college and have no idea what the real world is even like. So that's why I've come for your wisdom. Where should I go to meet a career-oriented and wifey type girl? I've not given up the hope of finding a nice girl at the bar, but I just think that it's highly unlikely. Are there certain places where girlfriend types flock to for events or activities? I'm open for suggestions. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, Kyle, I appreciate the note. It sounds like you're a little bit ahead of your time. It sounds like you want something serious and you're really young. and Doing both the young thing and the serious thing. So you got kind of a balance there that you're going to need to take. I'm not going to say don't look for a serious relationship at your age. I'm not going to say that uh, you're you're actually getting ahead of yourself. I think you're ahead of your time, but I don't think you're getting ahead of yourself. There's a difference between fun and there's a difference between that and sort of enjoying the process. I mean, my question to you is why the hurry for something serious? If you find something and it works out really well, then great. You know, there's, I have nothing against people who get married in their mid twenties, whatever, late twenties. I think it's fine. But why are you rushing to that? You have all the time in the world. I know I sound so old now, but no judgments. You got to look for somebody conservative at your age, you know, morally, ethically, whatever, maybe middle of America type conservative. Generally, those are the people who get married young. Maybe that's who you are as well. Or you can wait. And I recommend waiting. You're going to be growing a lot and you have nothing but time right now. When I was that age, I mean, think about it. That was a couple years before I started Art of Charm and I'm still not married. Now I'm ready, but you know, I'm, I'm still not married and I'm 36. So I might be a little bit later than people in your area. But there's certainly something I'm not I'm not ridiculously late. Right. I mean, for for me, I've, I could have gotten married five, six years ago and probably been fine. I definitely could not have done this at 23. You're obviously more mature than I was at that age, but I really don't recommend rushing into something. It sounds like you're looking for something specific. But I, my my question is why? I just don't understand what the hurry is in your case. Maybe other people in your family have set that example and you feel like you're late to the party, but you're not. So take your time. Hey, Jordan, since applying so much of what I've learned on AOC, I've started to see the matrix, so to speak. I also see life as somewhat of an invisible maze, if that makes sense. 
I compare the fact that people make excuses or follow the norms of society to them putting up invisible walls. They're trying to get from one point to the other in life, but keep taking a long, swerving path that sometimes doesn't reach their destination, just like an invisible maze. Sometimes people get upset by their self-created maze and can take it out on others or even themselves. A lot of people give up and just live in the maze. But when someone starts walking straight through this maze, seemingly through the walls, everyone else is in awe of them. How did you do that? Teach me the trick. There is no trick. You just keep walking straight. I can't walk that way. There's a wall there. No, there isn't. You just think there's a wall there. This person could have an epiphany at this point and realize their foolishness or possibly regress further into the maze, thinking that maybe they're not good enough or that the other person just got lucky, etc. I just wanted to share my metaphor with you. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, feel free to use it. Actually, I like this this analogy. I like I like the Matrix analogy as well, seeing the Matrix. I definitely like the Invisible Maze analogy as well because... I feel like this applies to a lot of folks. You know, a lot of people who are maybe more perceptive than me or were a little bit more precocious than me would see these walls and think, oh, they're, you know, they're navigating through this maze really well. And I was just walking in a straight line, not because, not because I see things other people don't, but because I honestly couldn't pick up on the signals and I was bad at following the maze. I was the one bumping into a lot of the walls and then thinking, is it just me or are these walls not here? So when I look at my entrepreneur friends and my sort of unique artsy type people who, d- who just walk through the walls, like you say here, usually it's not because they're so wise and they, they understand things that other people don't. That's kind of what we're, I'm trying to convey to you on this show is, is to see things in a different way much of the time. But the reason that I found out about it wasn't because I saw some secret thing. You know, there, there, was, there were things like that that I learned along the way, but originally I was just really bad at following the regular path of life. So if you find yourself hitting the maze walls, yeah, definitely ask yourself if those walls are really there. Hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us Friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. A link to this blog post can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF70. Also, don't forget the AOC challenge. Text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the USA. Or if you're not, go to theartofcharm.com. We'll take you step-by-step at making better personal and professional connections, becoming a better networker, increasing your personal social capital and your charisma. And it's for both guys and guests. So check that out. Text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 here in the U.S. Or if you're not, just go to theartofcharm.com. Quick shout out to Melanie Curtis. Spotted her on Facebook saying AOC is her favorite podcast by far. And Aaron D. sleeps in his car so he can work and put his wife through college and she can stay in the all-women student housing. You're definitely on the hustle, Aaron. Thanks for being a fan of the show. I guess he probably gets a lot of time to listen if he lives in his car and, uh, and works. So... Dang, that is that is some dedication right there. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice or a strange car? If so, hit me up and I'll shout you out. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com. Now stay charming, get out there and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and more at theartofcharmpodcast.com. 